We're continuing our conversations now on sustainability with the speakers of workshops at tomorrow's Back to Basics event at Pine River Back of Schools, put on by nonprofit Happy Dancing Turtle. Today, we're meeting April Hepikoski. She is talking about the workshop she's doing, which is full already, so we get a little <laughs> extra today. It's called Living Zero Waste for a More Sustainable World. April, thanks for taking time for us. Thanks for having me. Now, I kind of picked that song by Lucius next to normal because this should be normal for us to try to not have a lot of waste, shouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it feels very countercultural um, with the way that we live right now, but uh, we can make it normal, and um, I, I do feel like it, um, we can make it simple where we can um, make it a, a normal part of our life, so... Yeah, absolutely. Zero waste. Now, that's pretty pressure-packed because you're talking zero waste here, and I don't even know how that's possible. (laughs) I'm all for it. So what does that mean for you, April? So, yeah, zero waste is this absolute term. Um, When I think about zero waste, and a lot of people who uh, try to live a zero-waste lifestyle, um, we're you know, the goal, you know, is that the ideal would be amazing if we could do absolutely create zero waste. But um, I've been working on it since like 2014 and I don't create zero waste. There are still things that I send to the landfill at times. Um, So zero waste to me is about living more intentionally about the trash that we create Um, the harm that we're doing to the environment and just like in general, the amount of resources that we use um, because we do kind of just, our lives are on the go and we're not as intentional as um, we could be. And we're actually um, creating a lot of waste without even really thinking about it. Um, So that's what zero waste is to me is just uh, being more intentional about the choices that we make. Um, and how that affects the environment. So, yeah, zero waste um, does have where it's, you know, it's focused around, like, the the trash that we create a lot um, to try to not create waste in the first place that would have to go to a landfill. And um, so, yeah, there's a lot of ways that you can adjust to different habits in your life to create less waste. Um, and just to keep working at it um, to create as little as you can, I guess. So, <laughs> so is this so is this like you raising uh, goats to have meat or you know things like that? Because how do you go through a grocery store then, for example? Are you looking for things that everything it's put in is recyclable? Because that's impossible. Or or in l- less packaging. Less maybe? packaging, yeah, because, you know, it's interesting. I used to live in town, and recycling came by every two weeks, and, and the garbage was every week, and we hardly create any garbage anymore. So I'm just wondering, do I, do I have to feel guilty because I do bring stuff to the recycling place? Oh, absolutely not. No, recycling is actually part of the zero waste process. Um, For me, there are actually seven R's of zero waste. Recycling is one of them. The trick with the recycling, um, and I never want somebody to feel guilty. Um, We're we're all grew up in this culture where waste is 
really convenient and part of our daily life. And so we're trying to unlearn different habits. And if you feel this guilt, it's not going to propel you forward um, with this big positivity and motivation. It's going to bring you down. And so my message always is to have fun with it. Just get creative with ideas, um, how you can live make choices that are more sustainable. Um, as for, like, recycling in specific, um, recycling isn't, like, the first R that we want to look at um, because the recycling system is so limited. Um, there's not, um, you know, there is waste that's created in the recycling system, and they also are a business. They can't take all of the materials um, that we would have to try to discard from our home. And so really uh, the first focus is to try to refuse materials um, and reduce things that we don't need um, uh, before we would choose something that is more recyclable. But, of course, you know, if you can't refuse an, a, a type of packaging uh, or reduce that type of packaging um, or reuse it in some way, then you might have to recycle it, and that's that's okay too. That system is important in zero waste as well. What do so, you what do you refuse? Packaging. Oh, so many different things. Yeah, um, I refuse the plastic water bottles. That's probably a really easy given that a lot of people have heard about. Um, I don't buy water in plastic bottles. I instead bring a jar of water with me wherever I go, and I just refill that over and over. Um, I refuse a lot of things that are single-use plastics, like that water bottle. Um, I refuse styrofoam uh, plates, styrofoam uh, takeout containers at the restaurants. I bring in my own container if I'm going to have leftovers at the restaurant, and I put it in there in my own glass Pyrex dish instead of taking their single-use uh, product that I would then have to throw in the garbage. Um, so it's really just little little things that you start looking around in your life and you're like, oh, actually, that's that's more single use. That would be more of a contaminant to the earth. And so I have something that's more reusable that I can use instead. We're talking to April Hepikoski, and she's going to be at the Happy Dancing Turtle tomorrow. She's talking about living zero waste for a more sustainable world. You talked about the seven R's, so refuse. That's the first one. Yep, refuse is the most important because when we can refuse uh, materials that, um, for me, in my I live more of an adapted lifestyle called closed loop zero waste. So to me, in a closed loop system, we would be refusing materials that do not align with nature, and a lot of that is petroleum-based plastic. If it gets out into the environment, it takes. It could take up to like 400 years to decompose, um, depending on the type of plastic. Uh, some plastics don't take that long. But, um, yeah, refuse is like the absolute first one. Trying to not bring those materials into our life um, in the first place, where then we would have to try to reuse it or recycle it. Um, and then the other R's are reducing to what you need, use, and love. Uh, we live in a highly consumer-driven society. And so if we can just reduce the amount of things that we need, um, we're going to be taking less resources from the earth. And then there's reusing materials. Um, and so choosing reusable instead of single-use items. 
um, yeah, refuse, reduce, reuse. Uh, and then I actually added in a few extra R's, uh, which is repair items that are broken, uh, repurpose items that you maybe can't fix, and then recycle, and then rot is the last one. And rot is composting, which is returning the materials back to the earth. Hmm. Yeah, that you can return back to the earth. <laughs> so if you go, if you're in a restaurant, are you an, an advocate for going up and telling somebody like, hey, you, can you do something other than styrofoam or do you just let it go? Um, like the um, the restaurant owners, yeah, you know what do, I mean? Yeah, I mean, do you bring it up like, you know, you can do a better job of that? I don't know. I don't know why I asked that, so, but it's a, it's just terrible styrofoam. It's just terrible. Sure. Sometimes I do. Um, yeah. And I have written like letters to different companies asking um, for them to use more sustainable alternatives. And um, yeah, I sometimes I do. Other times I just leave it and I just lead by example by bringing in my own. And that actually does catch a lot of people's eyes, like mm-hmm. especially like the waitresses. And then they bring it back to their owners. Um, I've heard of that happening before, too. So there's different ways of doing it if you're not feeling like you want to be super direct about it. So, yeah. So, April, when it comes to things like washing dishes, washing clothes, how do you approach it? Um, Yeah, so there are some different um, companies that you can go through. Like if you have a dishwasher at home, there are dishwasher pods that you can get more in bulk. Um, instead of like in the smaller packaging, um, like in a plastic bag, um, you can get it like in a big box. Um, so that's one thing that I often do is if there is something that's more of like a single use item, like a dishwasher pod, then I will put that or buy that in more bulk, um, where I'm not getting as much packaging that would have to be, uh, possibly thrown away or hopefully at least recycled, um, yeah, same with laundry detergent. Um, you can find that at um, like bulk stores if there, you have a zero-way shop around you or if you have a, a local co-op, oftentimes you'll find that they have a bulk section where you can bring in your own container and you can fill up your container with um, from their bulk uh, soaps and um, buy it that way rather than buying it in a plastic jug that you would then have to recycle. So I have a couple, I have a, I know you want to get out of here, but I have a couple questions for you. Is something like this introduced in schools at all to prep people on thinking this way? Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, I have been invited to classrooms um, to speak on this to students um, and to teach that, but it would be it'd be wonderful if there were more environmentally uh, focused. Um, yeah, for sure. Classrooms or um, just like weaving into the classroom. Like I have my preschool. I run a nature-based preschool here in Esco called the Little Barnyard Preschool. And we, we just weave all of this type of stuff into our daily rhythm. Like when the kids are done eating snack, we put the food the leftover food into the chicken bucket and we bring it down to the farm and the chickens get to eat the scraps instead of sending it to the compost even or reusing those food scraps again oh, to feed somebody else. Yeah, you, um, you, need so, to, you need young people to think that way and it seems it just seems common sense that 
That would be in a curriculum, whether it's just for 20 minutes or whatever. So, April, this means you're not handing your preschool kids a plastic water bottle. <laughs> nope. They, they bring their own reusable water bottles to preschool. Nice. <laughs> yep. So, April, what uh, final question is, what time in your life did you recognize this and become this conscious or this way? It was around 2014. I was diagnosed with two really debilitating conditions. One is endometriosis. It affects the hormones and is very painful um, basically every month for a couple weeks sometimes. And then I also had, was diagnosed with SIBO, which is small intestinal bacteria overgrowth around the same time. And that basically just made me nauseous 24-7. So... Um, I started looking into more natural treatments um, because the treatments I was offered from the more conventional medical system were not things that I was either willing to do or I even could do. And so I had to start researching on my own and learning how different things affected my body. And that's actually where it started is because I learned how plastics actually affect our health because um, it can put chemicals into our body that mimic the hormone estrogen, which was a big player in endometriosis. So that's when I started looking around my home and like, oh, wow, a lot of my food is wrapped in plastic. And then if it's heated in that at all, um, it could be leaking, the, leaching those chemicals um, into the food. And then it's going into me and disrupting my hormone system. So it actually started with a, a really major health turnaround. And I just have loved it ever since. And I've had a lot of fun with it. Um, just I'm crazy with it. <laughs> Did it make a change in your, in your health? Absolutely. I, I don't think that I have endometriosis anymore. I was able to completely get rid of all of the symptoms. They say it's incurable. I, I don't know because <laughs> I don't have symptoms anymore. Um, I had to change a lot with my diet, and I had to change a lot with the toxins that I was exposing myself to. Um, and I, I don't suffer with either of those conditions anymore from what I can tell. Um, I'd have to have an exploratory surgery to see if endo was still there, but, um, the symptoms are completely gone and I don't have to take anything for it. Um, nothing. Um, so it really did help a lot to just clean up my lifestyle in a lot of different ways and zero waste played a huge part in that. Well, thanks for what you do. I'm in. I'm going to go down grocery store aisles with a different thought process. I'm telling you, because yeah, I mean, I'm not in kindergarten, but I didn't know any of this stuff. I mean, I well, knew some of it. Well, and it it kind of it drives me crazy. Like if you go into a grocery store and you see an open shelf and they have say Brussels sprouts, so then you can put them into a bag that you brought with. But then right next to it, same Brussels sprouts, but they're on a styrofoam tray yeah. with plastic over them. Yeah. You know, it just, it makes no sense to yeah. me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yep. <laughs> April, have a great day with your preschool kids and enjoy tomorrow at uh, Back to Basics. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Eat those chickens. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> All right. Thanks.